Good morning. Uh, my name is Adam, and me and my wife Megan are part of the Roar Community Group. So I'm going to be reading the scripture that we're going over this morning. Um, this is Psalms 42. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember, as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, as your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Thank you, Adam. Good morning, church. Uh, welcome to Redeemer Church. If this is your first time, we're uh, thankful for that, that you are here. Um, under your chair, there's a connect card. Um, if you are new and guest with us, we'd love for you to fill that out uh, for us. There's an opportunity for you put your name and your number emailed down if you want. And if you want to know more about our church, there's a little uh, circles that you can check. And we'll uh, gladly connect with you this next week or get with you sometime. And on the back of that, there, there's also a prayer request box. And that's for everyone in the room. Um, if you have a prayer request, uh, we'd love to pray for you. Uh, throughout this week, or if you have someone that uh, is needing prayer as well in your life, uh, put that down as well. We love to, to lift them up. Uh, if you need a Bible in the back, uh, Tanner uh, can gladly bring you one. We use the ESV here, um, but if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. Tanner can bring you one. Uh, as Adam just read, we'll be in Psalms 42, uh, looking at the whole uh, Psalm of, of verse, uh, chapter 42. Um, so as we started our lament journey, as you can see, uh, this awesome graphic behind us, uh, we're going through lament, uh, and we're looking at suffering, suffering and God's sovereignty. As we started our lament journey through the psalm last week, I know for me and my family, this, is, this has been a much-needed uh, time uh, to, to hear from the Word of God on what it looks like to lament in the midst of suffering. Me and my wife have gone through the, a really hard season of loss, uh, this, this past summer, and, to some, and to some degree are still grieving. Sorry, I don't get choked up in the first line, but um, times like these bring a lot of questions. They bring a lot of anger, fear, doubt, complaint, and coldness in my life. I know there are many of us, if not all of us, who have gone through seasons of pain and have the same feelings, and still at times bear them. When I started trying to prepare this sermon this week, I was reminded again of the pain that, that was felt during this season of grief in our, in our life. A lot of the emotions ru rushed back to me, 
And I started again questioning God and fearing the future. I want you to know that I stand up here as a broken man who does not have it all together. If we are all honest, we all do not have it all together. Life is really hard, amen? Amen. (laughs) And even in the good seasons, there still remains the fact that nothing will last in this world. This is why this series of lament through the Psalms is so good. As we saw last week, the Psalms express human emotions. They express grief and sorrow, joy and delight, anger and rage, peace and calm, fear and worry, faith and hope, praise and thanks. The Psalms are honest and tell stories about real life in a cursed world with a covenant God. This psalm we are going to look at today expresses fear and worry. It expresses grief and sorrow. But weaved within it is hope. Hope not found in this world, but in our sovereign God, who is a tender, loving, and gracious Father. One who sent His Son into this broken world that we live in, ultimately to be broken by it. And just as we got finished in the book of Mark, we went through a whole series through Mark, and at the very end we saw not just that Jesus died for us on the cross, but he also resurrected to new life so that we have hope, right? Not in this world alone, but we have hope to eternal life for those who are in Christ. This faith that we now have in Christ for those who are Christians, we have been given the privilege to experience this hope on a daily basis through trusting him amidst the hard seasons of life. And that's easier said than done for me to stand up here and tell you, hey, trust God, because I know from experience it's hard to trust God in the midst of suffering. So I don't stand up here saying, hey, just trust God. I stand up here again as a broken man who just wants so badly for the word of God to to fill our time because this is where our hope is found. And I pray that the Lord would, would show this to your heart as well if you're going through suffering and know someone who's going through it. That we have been given faith to experience this hope on a daily basis through trusting Him amidst the hard seasons of life. So I pray that God uses this psalm to bring you hope in whatever season of life you are in. So to that end, let me pray and we'll jump in. Father, thank you just for this opportunity. Thank you for the the goodness and and the kindness that you, you have shown to us through your Son, Jesus, and that you continue to show to us that you are a God that is not far off, but you are a God that is present. God, that you are our refuge, our strong tower, as the Psalms proclaim. You are a hope. God, Father, we, you, your wings cover us, Lord, and we can shelter within your wings, Lord, because you are uh, a strong tower again. You are a solid foundation. And Lord, in the midst of this crazy world, in the midst of our, our own lives in this room, Father, our own personal struggles, Lord, I pray that you would... Just make it so evident to us in this room. Make it so evident to my heart, Father, that you are truly who you say you are and that you are a solid foundation which we can plant our feet. And we've seen that ultimately by you sending your son Jesus to die on the cross who experienced sorrow himself and even died on the cross for our sins so that we could have hope in this life and the life to come. Lord, let, our, let us place our hope there and as we open, this, as, as we open your word that you would uh, just reveal yourself to us and encourage us, God, to trust in you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So let's jump in. Let's read, uh, starting in chapter 42, Psalm 42, verses 1 through 2. 
Starting in verse 1, uh, David says this. He says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And I like the NIV's stating of the last line where it says, uh, uh, When shall I come and appear before God? The NIV says, When can I go meet with God? I love how the Psalms use imagery to express their feelings. We can imagine this, right? Looking at verse 1, looking at the, as the deer pants for flowing streams. But if, you, if you've ever spent time in the wilderness, which we live in the desert, so it's kind of hard to be in the wilderness here. But if you've seen animals, if you've been in the wilderness, you've seen animals and they go by the stream, right? And they're being refreshed by the stream that they're drinking from. When you are thirsty, all you can think about is quenching your thirst by drinking some water. Here, in the same way, David is expressing a deep longing, a thirst. He is saying that his soul, his whole person, is longing for God. Apparently, David has not been able to enter the temple and worship the Lord. That's why he says, When shall I come and appear before God? When shall I meet with God again? Some commentators say that this is when David was fleeing his son Absalom, when, he, when Absalom was seeking to take his own father's life. If you want to know more about that, that's in 2 Samuel chapter 15 through 17. But whatever the situation is, David is far from the wellspring of his soul, the house of God where he encountered the living God and was refreshed with his presence. I love the words that we read in verse 2. Look with me at verse 2. It says, My soul thirsts for, the, for God, for the living God. I love those words, the living God. The God of David is not a God made by human hands or a mute or distant God, but a God that is eternal and ever-present with his people. <clears throat> David, knowing this, is longing to again meet in the temple of the living God, but is feeling far from God, like a dehydrated deer in the desert. Whatever the experience is that he is going through, it is real and his thirsty soul has been drinking only sorrow. This psalm is here by God's divine sovereignty to show us, saints, that we are not alone in our feelings of spiritual dryness. When we experience relational or physical pain, unmet expectations, disappointments, or isolation, whatever causes us to feel like God is distant from us, this spiritual dryness does, does affect our souls. Our souls are not always well because, as we said at the beginning, life is hard. Look with me at verse 3 as, as David continues to show what is going on in the spiritual dryness in his life. Look at, look at verse 3. He says, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? This verse shows us that because of the spiritual, spiritual dryness uh, he is, he's feeling, um, there's enemies, apparently, that are adding insult to injury by questioning the existence or power of the God he longs for. As I read this verse, I thought to myself, I, in America, in Odessa, Texas, in the Bible Belt, don't really have enemies right now that are questioning God's existence in my life. People aren't coming to me and saying, where is your God? Where is your God? 
But what I do think is happening in my life is I myself do question God's power in my life due to the feelings of spiritual dryness I feel as I'm going through a season of pain and grief. I thought about not, not, not the question of where is your God, but where are you, God? That would be my question. God, where are you in the midst of this pain and this suffering that I'm feeling? The question, where is your God, can make it seem as if God has deserted you and therefore want to give up all hope. This question of where is your God, whether spoken from outsiders or our own hearts, can cause us to feel hopeless. I love verse 4. Look at with me at verse 4. Because uh, here we see that a tool that David uses to hold on to hope in the midst of suffering, and which we should also apply uh, is, is, is in verse 4. So look with me at verse 4. He says, these, thing I, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with a throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Amidst David's present struggles, he says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. This is going to be a common theme as we continue in this. Remember, remember, remember. Right? If you've read the Bible through, and a lot in the Old Testament, it says, remember Israel, remember your God, remember. Why? Because the people of Israel forget their God, and they turn away from their God. Right? So we have to constantly be reminded. So we see here David saying these words, I remember as I pour out my soul in verse 4. Here, David is remembering the times of joyous praise with others in the temple of the living God. He remembers how he would, along with the other saints, shout and praise God, who is their refuge and source of joy. He puts it in terms of a festival. A festival is a celebration, and this gives us the picture of David celebrating the relationship he has with God. Although David has feelings of deep spiritual dryness because of his circumstance, he remembers the house of God for which he is longing to return. David, therefore, even if it is a mustard seed of hope, he remembers this and it causes him to pour out his soul to God. Although he's experiencing the season of pain, he holds on to the experience of encountering the living God. He is pouring out his soul to God here, desiring to meet with him. Church, I want us to see here the importance David places on going to the house of God, or in how we like to say, the church in the fun dome. <laughs> right? The church is not a building, but it is made up of redeemed sinners. We gather here in the fun dome to worship corporately with glad shouts and songs of praise. We gather here to celebrate together that what God has done for us through the good news of Jesus Christ dying in our place, taking our punishment upon himself that we deserve because of our sin and giving us new life. Not only do we celebrate this, but we together are called to lift those up around us who are experiencing a spiritually dry season due to hard seasons of life. We are here together today, this very moment, to remind each other of how God is our help. Listen to Psalm 63, 7. It says, Because you are my help, referring to the Lord, 
I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. You are my right, your right hand upholds me. I know for my wife and I, this church has been a great source of strength as we've gone through this tough season of loss. We were constantly prayed over, served meals, and pointed back to the truth of the Word of God. In the midst of a dry, dry season, we were able to again praise the Lord by being served by you. So thank you, church. I pray that Redeemer Church is a means of grace that God uses for all of us as we go through spiritually dry seasons that affect our soul. That we would remind each other of the truth that God is our refuge and our ever-present help. I pray the Lord would use this time to remind you of this and that you would pour out your soul to God, remembering His past faithfulness and knowing He is the only stream which can quiet your soul. Now I say this as a way of encouragement and also warning. Something I know I struggle with and possibly you do too is ignoring your feelings or withdrawing from God and others in hard seasons of life. It's easy, right, to say, I'm, I don't want to put this on someone or I feel so bad I don't want anybody to know. Right? It's easy to do that. It's easy to withdraw. Me and my wife experienced that as we went through this tough season. It's easy to be tempted to do that. When David pours out his soul in verse 4, he shows that he is not ignoring his emotions. Again, we saw this in verses 1 through 3, and also look with me at verses 9 and 10, which say, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Both of these places, we see David not holding back or withdrawing from God, but presses into him by sharing with the Lord his real emotions he's feeling due to the difficult circumstances. Church, I want to encourage you, if you are going through a difficult season, or when you do, do not give in to the temptation to be passive. I love what Moeller says here about the book of Psalms. Listen to this. He says, the Psalms reveal that God does not want us to minimize our pain. He wants us to verbalize it. Did you hear that? I'm going to read it again. The Psalms reveal that God does not want us to minimize our pain. He wants us to verbalize it. <laughs> this reminded me of our son, Michael. And if you know Michael, he's crazy, right? <laughs> But when, Mike, when, he, when he gets hurt, he's two years old, when he, when he gets hurt, bumps his head, whatever it is, the, the first thing he does, without hesitation, he screams and goes to one of us, right? Without any hesitation, he knows he can come and find comfort in me, in me and my wife. In the same way, we should pour our souls out to the Lord because he, in fact, is our rock. When we're going through pain and suffering, there should be no hesitancy for you, Christian, to run and pour out your soul to God as David does here. Again, he is a solid rock, as verse 9 says. A solid foundation, and he can more than handle our complaints. He is the only one who can help you. Don't turn away, but press more into him and allow his healing ointment of grace to bring rest to your soul. 
As David remembers and pours out his soul to God, let's look at verse 5, which is also stated in verse 11, and how David urges himself to trust in his proven Savior. Look with me at verse 5. You should have this tattooed somewhere on your body. He says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. Here we see that although David's emotions are real, he does not give up. Instead of wallowing in his sorrows, he fights for a joyful and satisfied soul. We see here in verse 5 through 11, David commanding his soul to put its hope in God. The reason I say a tattoo is because I cannot tell you how many times a day I must say these words to myself. When my grief starts to rise and my soul starts to feel distant, I must, I must preach the truth of the gospel to myself. This is what the psalmist is doing here. He is preaching the truth to himself instead of listening to himself. I love what Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says on this topic of preaching to self. Listen to this awesome quote. He says, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? He says, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? He says, this self of ours, this other person within us, has got to be handled. Do not listen to him. Speak to him. Exhort him. Encourage him. Remind him of what you know instead of listening to him and allowing him to drag you down and depress you. So if you were to reflect on this past week, who would be the dominant speaker in your life? We have and will continue to talk about how to properly lament. Again, the steps are lamenting or complaining to God about your situation. Secondly, it's pouring out your soul to God in petition to act on your behalf. And thirdly, to trust Him. Would you say this past week you stayed complaining to God and just let your inward self speak for, by example, bringing back the problems from the past? I know I have. I'm guilty of that. that This past week I wallow in my sorrows. Right, instead of preaching to myself. I would encourage you, as this psalm shows us, that we need to move from complaining to trusting. David here shows us that trusting is preaching to self the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is, for example, preaching Romans chapter 8 to ourselves, where Paul says that there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or where he also says there is nothing Christian, that can separate you from the love of God. I love what Aiken says here. He says, the key to fighting spiritual depression, again, is to daily remind ourselves of the truth of the gospel and who we are as children of God. Daily, not every Sunday, not every time we go to the group, not every time you pray at the dinner table, daily, every day, remind yourself of who you are in Christ. Someone told me this week, it is the remembering that gives us hope. Instead of self-speaking, we need Scripture to speak. Christian, make it a point to preach 
to self the truth of the gospel. Our God is faithful. Something I find interesting and comforting is that after the great encouragement in verse 5, in verse 6, David turns right back around and complains again of the grief he feels. Look with me at verse 6 through 7. He says, My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of the Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. So as David just says, hope in, hope in God, oh soul. Right? The next thing he's like, okay, I'm in grief again. Like I'm still in grief. Right? <laughs> the reason it's, I say it's comforting to hear these words right after he says, hope in God, oh my soul, is because sometimes I feel like my emotions of grief should end after I remind myself of truth. However, although we should remind ourselves of truth which does, does quiet our soul, this does not negate the fact that pain and sorrow are still present. God never promises that he will take away our grief and sorrow while still here on earth. My wife and I still feel pain over our loss every day. Some of you in this room have been enduring grief and sorrow for some time now, and I'm sorry. This psalm even ends, as we have seen in verse 11, with David continuing to have to preach truth to himself because he is still overwhelmed and parched by not being able to meet with God. It doesn't end with, okay, now I'm good, God. It ends with him still crying out to his own soul, hope in God, soul, hope in God. We at times feel continual waves of sorrow washing over us. Yet, in the midst of sorrow, David reminds us of God's sovereignty. Look with me at verse 7. He says, Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. This implies, says Achan, that God has led him into this place in order to draw him near. Every disruption in our lives is an invitation for greater intimacy with God. And that's hard for me to take because why would God want to, why would he, why would he allow us to go through loss that we've gone through? But during our time, me and my wife have truly found God's present, present help. We have truly seen what it means for him to be a refuge for us. Although David rightly does not feel like feeling distant from God because of his circumstance, he holds on to faith by trusting that God is taking him through this sorrow. I'm reminded of Romans 8.28, another tattoo we should get, where Paul says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is why I think David again reminds himself of truth in verse 8. Look at verse 8. Right after he says, your breakers have come over me. He says in verse 8, by, by day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. This verse shows us that he is experiencing his faith in God by remembering, remember, remembering these truths of God and praying them to God. To be able to really recall God's truth we must know it. 
God's word is sufficient, Christian. Let me tell you that again. God's word is sufficient. I'm telling myself that. So if you hear me, that's great. But I'm telling myself that. God's word is sufficient. It is, it is able in all, all circumstances to feel you, to feel it. Whatever season of life you're going on, God's word is sufficient. And by reading his word, we are able to commune with God. Right now, as we stand here and listening to the word of God, we are communing with God, our creator. Isn't that amazing to think about? How amazing is it that we have the privilege to sit with God each day? Christian, do not neglect your time in the word. Cling to it as David here is clinging to God, as his soul is panting for God, right? He's, he's clinging to God's word because he's thirsty for him. I love what Tanner said last week when he said, trust is born out of cons- consistently being in the Bible. Trust is born out of consistently being in the word of God. When life squeezes us, and it will, if it hasn't already in your life, and it will continue to as we are at here on earth what we have been filling ourselves up with will squeeze out will God's promises come out of you when the storms of life come I love what Psalms 1 says when he says the person who meditates on the word of God is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither Right? It's not just enough to read one verse and, and hashtag it, right? But he says to meditate on it. Meditate in the Word of God. And when you do that, the promise is that you will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. Again, imagery, right? So when dry seasons come into your life, we must be connected to the stream, which is the Word of God, through the power of God, which is our only source of strength. Because we will wither if we are not connected to this stream. When, the se- when difficult seasons come, when dry seasons come into your life, you will wither if you're not connected to the stream. But we have the source right here. Isn't that amazing? We have it right here in our hands, on your phone, whatever it is. So, so don't neglect the Word of God. So the end, first I want to talk to the Christians in the room. My deepest prayer for you is that God's word would be your source of comfort. As it was said last week, we have either just gone through sorrow, are going through it now, or will go through it. Right? There's no, there's no easy life here. It's hard. I went so badly to comfort you amidst the trials in your life. But the only way I can and any of us can find comfort and help others It's to point them to the Prince of Peace, which is Jesus. As David cries out in verse 2, When can I go meet with God? We find that through Christ, we have total access to God. Jesus has made a way for those who have trusted in Him as their Lord and Savior. As redeemed sinners, we now have access to God's presence continually. We can truly say with a psalmist, Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. That is a promise. If you are in Christ, you shall again praise Him, 
suffer, people who are going through trials, you shall again praise him. That is a promise because he is your salvation and your God. Suffering will not have the final word. Whether your suffering is only for a season or for most of your life, throughout your life you can still with confidence say, hope, soul, hope for you will praise him because of the salvation worked for you through Christ. I love what William Bridges says in his book, A Lifting Up for the Downcast. He quotes Isaiah 26, verses 3 through 4, where, he said, where Isaiah says, You, Lord, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Bridges then states, When Isaiah exhorts us to continually trust in the Lord, he gives this reason at verse 4. For the Lord is an everlasting rock. Why do we trust in him? Because the Lord is an everlasting rock. When a man can continually trust in the Lord, will he not be quiet and free from discouragements? Surely he will. Faith and faith alone is that grace which will bear up the heart against all discouragements. Believer, I exhort you as I exhort my own soul. Keep your mind continually fixed in the word. And the promise is that we will be given peace amidst our darkest times. Exercise the gift of faith that God has given you by trusting in his promises. And lastly, to the people in this room who maybe don't know Christ or are still wondering what it means to trust in him or have questions. This is for you. Throughout our time in the psalm, we have seen David remember the joyous time he has had praising God, remembering God's promises and therefore causing him to exercise his God-given gift of faith. However, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, then you cannot remember the times of praise and what God has done for you, which will anchor your soul. I pray today you see that your only hope is Jesus. Again, I stand up here as a broken sinner wanting to lead other sinners to the table of grace so that you can find hope for your soul. He is the only foundation that will stand when the storms of life come. So as we respond here at the end, if you see in your life that you can only complain over the hard things in life and not confide in God, then I would ask you to come to know Jesus who has made a way for you to be forgiven of your sin and find a sure footing for this life and in the end, eternal life with the Lord. Let's pray.